0: All right, everybody, you you donate for the podcast, and we love you patrons, and this is a free preview, but it's the biggest week in Louisiana football regular season history, so I had to reach out to an old friend. He is Brett Michael Dykes. He is editor-in-chief at Uproxx, and he is a New York Times contributor. I knew him when I... I was a nobody, and he was a nobody, and he would go and stop and have lunch with me when I worked at WIBR. Now he is huge. He is massive. Uh, Brad, thanks for giving us time, guy.
1: Huge and massive are hyperbole, but I, <laughs> I'll I'll hire you, Ralph, next time I need a you know a hype man, a PR person, or whatnot. But,
0: well, but I, here's it, the thing: a, this <laughs> weekend we were talking about it right before we started. I think it's the it it's for sure the biggest regular season week because you have LSU hosting number one Alabama, and then you have the Saints hosting un, undefeated Rams. But I think the only week that I could think of that was bigger was 2012 when the Lions played the Saints on a Saturday in a playoff game in the dome LSU played the national championship on a Monday and the Saints went to San Francisco the next Saturday and I found an article where Spencer Hall was apparently sleeping on your couch that week wow uh, yeah,
1: that that's true
0: that's true you yeah. send me that I kind of forgot about that yeah um, so that but that doesn't count because it was like it was like playoffs and national championships. But as far as like everything happening in Louisiana, can you think of a bigger week? I no, can't. But
1: also, also, this is you know these are back to back days. Like like yeah. the games. Twenty four hours. They were like you know we're gonna have um, <laughs> such a short turn. Not even twenty four hours. The turnaround between yeah. you know, the 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 LSU Alabama game to the Saints Rams the next day. I can't remember a bigger. Uh, a bigger South Louisiana football weekend in the regular season. And, you know, you have the number one team in college football coming in, a team that has, you know, let's face it, has just been a complete juggernaut and has destroyed everyone they've played. And then you've got the last remaining undefeated team in the NFL coming into the Superdome on Sunday. And yeah, it's, it's like, I, I've been telling friends is like we need to relish this because these
0: Oh my god, yes. Sort of moment you
1: know, along very often.
0: Yeah, because they don't it doesn't come along very often. And the thing is is the thing that makes it interesting to me is in you know, I went back and I found your you did a cool profile of Les Miles uh, for the New York Times. Find it, people. You can find it, but you got to be a subscriber to the New York Times, but it's worth it. Pay for it. And the thing that I thought about as I was rereading that is, you know, the LSU fan base, we kind of split. Because it, it, at the end of the Les Miles time, there was – People that wanted Les Miles gone because he couldn't beat Bama. The national championship in 2011 was a disaster. The offense wasn't changing. And there were other people like me. I was like, I love Les. He's fun. Maybe he can get it turned around. I like that he eats grass. I like his quirky personality. I like that he has as much fun as we do, and the, the fan base was kind of split and fighting with each other. And I feel like Brett, they were even fighting this year after Miami. They were like, "The offense hasn't changed." This and then I'm like, "We won. We won by two touchdowns over the eighth ranked team in the country." But I feel like the fan base is finally like back together. And yes, it's because of winning, but my question is: Do you feel like the fan base is is Back together and united in a way they haven't been since maybe the beginning of the Miles era.
1: I, I think I think they're they're united in a way that they haven't been um, either since the beginning of the Miles era or since before that 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 championship game at against Alabama in the Superdome a few years back. That to me is where the fissure really started. Um, and and, and I, I felt it even amongst. Like, I, I, I considered myself someone who, for the most part, uh, supported less. There were moments where, um, you know, him as LSU's head football coach was incredibly frustrating. But for the most part, I supported him. But there was still something about that game um, that just stuck in my craw and that annoyed the hell out of me. And, and it, I mean, it, it more, more than anything, it boiled down to this yeah. burned insistence on continuing to play Jordan Jefferson throughout the game and never giving Jarrett Lee a shot. I think it's something that will always, you know, um, nag at people who are LSU fans because it just made no sense whatsoever. Um, when I, for, memory serves, correct. We never crossed midfield in that game. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the, but the fan base definitely, I don't, I don't think they're totally there yet. I think, I think this weekend will go a long way. Um, if, if, LSU, I don't think even has to win this weekend. But if we just if they're able to give Alabama just a good scare, I think any of those people that are on the fence about Coach O, and there still are a few, I think will be a lot more sold on him than than they are. But there's definitely um, a unity that has not, you know, been very palpable in 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 a long time. And you know, people people who were not. You know, fans of the coach O. Hire have have definitely. There's many that I know have come around and said, "You know what? Maybe I was wrong about this guy. Maybe, maybe he uh, has something that we didn't see." And you know, it's it's a it's an exciting time to be an LSU football fan again.
0: All right, I'm going to throw you out a crazy theory about college coaches, and you can totally blow it up if you want. But I think the coaches that are like Coach O. are a good fit for this age because. They like Dabo Sweeney, Ogeron, like their whole thing is I recruit like crazy and I hire good assistants, right? I feel like those guys are much more flexible to change because when you are always knee deep with 18 year old kids, you can't stay the same. You got to know Quavo, you got to know Post Malone, you got to know Fortnite, you got to know all the stuff that these 18 year old kids are doing, and in two years, it's going to be completely different, right? So I feel like those guys are way more flexible. Than other coaches, and I feel like that's why Ogeron is such a good fit for Louisiana. Not just personally, but his ability to is his willingness to change and do different things on offense, and go out and get a kicker from Massachusetts. Like I feel like that's a really strong suit of his. Or is my or is my theory just completely insane? No,
1: I, I think you're onto something. I think I think the people that are that are the best bosses in life are also that way like like people that do not um that are not so bogged down um in their by their ego that they're afraid to go out and hire people that are maybe more talented than them or and more smarter than them to surround themselves with um i think i think generally tend to be the best type of people to lead any organization um and you know certain people just can't deal with that and 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 those guys i think Especially in college football, in the modern era, in the area in the era of social media, where um, I think more and more a person's personality, a person's likability, um, you know, gets exposed. It's it's exposed on a grander scale, and I think it has greater influence on whether a you know a seventeen or eighteen year old kid decides that hey, I want to go spend the next four or five years of my life, you know, under uh, playing football under this guy. I, I know it would for me anyway, and I, I think that you know obviously the elephant in the room here is that Nick Saban defies all of this because he is yeah. the, he's, the, he's the opposite of everything cool and fun. And, you know, the type of person that you want to be around. But but I do think that that type of coach um, is on the way out. And he may be sort of the last of a dying breed. And and he definitely fits. Ogeron definitely. I mean, he's obviously, you know, the first Cajun coach we've ever had at LSU. And so there's just a natural fit there. He gets the culture. But, like, it's hard to imagine LSU, for all the hand-wringing, I think, most of us did about losing Nick Saban. He really is not a right fit, personality-wise, with the state. Less miles in Coach O. Just it is fit so much better. They really, really. And, do.
0: and I was so pro Coach O. And my my family's old Miss, so they were laughing at me, and I was like, "But look, he's changed at USC." And you can ask my wife; she. When LSU lost the national championship game in 2012, I just sat in the chair just like staring blankly into it. I was like, I can't believe this happened. But I did the same thing when he was the interim coach and they lost to Florida. I was so heartbroken because I I want Louisiana to be led by a Louisiana guy. He's Cajun. He's fun. And I thought they didn't get in at the goal line in Florida. He's not going to make it. He's not going to be the guy. That's it. You know, yep. and and my wife's like, it's just a coach. I'm like, yeah, it's just a coach. And I want LSU to win. But I, I also, the older I get, Brett, I, I want the experience to be fun, too. Yeah. And, like, I rather, I, I know LSU fans, you'll tell me I'm crazy. If you told me Coach O could just win one national championship and he'd be really good the rest of the time, or I could have Nick Saban and I could win a bunch I'd rather coach O. It's just more fun, I, and I don't care what people say.
1: I agree one hundred percent. cheering and rooting rooting for Alabama to me seems like it would be the most soulless, joyless <laughs> experience that one could think of and and in that in that uh, times piece that I wrote a few years ago, or may have, may have been a different one um i actually now that I think about it, I think it was a different one, but i I quoted an Alabama fan friend of mine, and this was back in, you know, 2012, 2013, um, you know, they they were obviously good then, but their, their, their run of dominance is, has continued. And and this friend of mine said something to me back then that, um, that I'll never forget. He said, you know, rooting for Alabama is sort of like rooting for the Nazis, like blitzkrieging into (laughs) Poland. You know, they're just so dominant, like, like the other side just doesn't have a chance. And it's, it's like, like I I never really thought of it in that way. It really opened it opened my eyes in in a lot in a lot of ways and yeah. I've, I've really The
0: only analogy better than that is my brother's husband who my brother is a Olmes graduate and he's a fo- kind of a football lunatic and his husband is not. So when my brother will watch football, he'll watch Alabama and his we were watching Alabama, I forget one game and my brother's husband he turned to me and he said Alabama is the boring, boringest fuckingest team ever. It's like watching an orderly strangle an old lady to death, or suffocate an old lady to death with a pillow. I mean, and I was like, or, or maybe "That's a great people, analogy." That is I, I thought, absolutely I, what Alabama does to teams. Speaking of
1: strangulation, I thought of like watching a boa constrictor or a python. Uh, I'm sure maybe someone mentioned that to me at some point, but that's 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 generally been what it's like watching Alabama this season. Is obviously been a little different. different because they have you know alabama was already unfair to begin with because they just had these dominant defenses and this methodical um you know uh, offense that never made any mistakes but now you, they've got a video game quarterback that can put 50 points on the board like in a half and it's it's just sort of disgusting and and i hate to say it but there have been a couple of times where i've watched alabama and i've actually gotten some joy out of watching Tua um you know just sort of run around in the pocket make something out of nothing and then throw a you know a dart 50 yards down the field that just sort of gently falls into a receiver's hands and I'm like how the hell did that guy just do that um and I feel so dirty every time I do and I'm dreading um him possibly doing that this weekend against LSU but but there is a little bit more joy there, but still, man, I, I don't, I don't, I can't conceive being an Alabama, Alabama fan. It's just before it's
0: we get to, to before we get to the Saints, give me your because I, I read things on LSU blogs, and I totally agree with this. You, you can't make a case for LSU through math or statistics. Like you just, you just can't. Like right? Alabama just this juggernaut. I know they haven't played anybody, but if LSU is to win. How does it happen Saturday?
1: There, there is. I think if you, if you, if you broke this game down on paper a thousand times, nine hundred ninety-nine of those times, <laughs> Alabama is going to be the clear victor. Um, we're going to need. Okay, there's, there's, there's a few things that I think are that need to happen. But I will say that of. All of the teams that Alabama is going to play in the regular season, I do think that LSU is the best team that is equipped to beat them um, in, the, in, in that they have assets on defense that can actually slow Alabama down. They have corners uh, and secondary um, uh, folk uh, that can actually guard these guys one-on-one. Um, which, you, which you absolutely have to have against Alabama. You have to be able to blitz. You have to be able to get pressure on Tua, and that means you have to leave your defensive backs on an island. And we have some really, really, you know, hardcore NFL potential talent back there. And, and so if we can slow them down, I think we're probably going to need a defensive score, uh, maybe a special team score, at the very least maybe a turnover or two deep in Alabama territory. That we can convert to points. We're gonna need. We're gonna need. We're gonna need to play our asses off, and we're gonna need a lot, a lot of luck. But I do actually believe it's possible. Maybe I'm crazy, but I, I remember, you know that that LSU Florida game, in, what yeah. was it, 1997, 1988? I think I was, it was in when, the
0: student section.
1: When, when Florida was just this absolute juggernaut, and they came into Baton Rouge and had won something like 26 straight or something. And we were a double-digit underdog, and they beat them. And, and anything is possible, man. I really, really believe that in college football, anything's possible. I am expecting us to lose. Um, as a matter of fact, I've even, uh, <laughs> I've even uh, put the Alabama money line in a couple of parlays, parlay bets that I made this weekend, uh, just because when I bet, I, I am, lo- I look at things logically, and I thought, okay, you know, chances are. They're going to beat us. Um, I do think that LSU – that that spread is really big. It's, a four, I think, 14 and a half now. Um, and, I mean, how they could come in there and blow us out. But I, I do think it will be a competitive game. And um, I do really think that we have a chance. Uh, again, we need a lot of luck and we need some things to go our way. But, as you know, Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night, the weather is going to be great. People are amped. There's going to be an electricity in that stadium yeah. that – Probably hasn't been you know evident since really since we played them, I think in in the in two thousand and twelve and and Which any, a
0: close game and a heartbreak I for different it, reasons.
1: yeah, I, I really do believe anything's possible in that environment. so I just I
0: this- just look at this game and i i I said it in my column for channel Four, but I just think either Alabama wins by a billion or there's gonna come a moment in the fourth quarter whether it's kick a field goal or go for two, where Ed Ogeron is going to have a decision. He's either going to be, do I try to win this game right now, or do I go to overtime, or do I punt, and I hope for an Alabama to make a mistake? And the decision that he has to make, Brett, is he has to say, nope, right now. You know, it could be LSU scores, and it's 20-19 to with – 40 seconds left. And he says, nope, we're going for two. Because the longer the game goes, Alabama's going to win because they're better, right? A better team always wins in overtime and that sort of thing. So that's what it's going to come down to. And the thing that gave me hope that he'll do it is I heard him on Mike Mike today and he was like, we were better than Florida. I screwed up. I didn't go for it on fourth down. I rectified that against Georgia. I think that's what it'll come down to if, if, if LSU wins. So before I get you out of here, I want to talk about the Saints. And the Saints are a weird fan base, Brett. I feel like we are the most happiest, content fan base. Even in the bottom of the 7-9, and nine, like last year when they lost to New England, I wrote a column and I said, look, it's over. The party's over. 2009 is done. We're just in this 7-9 and nine loop. Drew Brees is probably going to walk away. Sean Payton is going to walk away. Just enjoy the end of it. Just enjoy the the 5,000 yards that Breeze is going to get. It was a great party, wasn't it? Let's just enjoy it. And that's that. And a lot of people were like, I agree with you. That's what I'm going to do. And it turned around. And there's just this joy that we're getting even more of it. But as like a crazy lunatic fan base, like say it's like I don't feel we we rate. Like we're really, really just content in our like little bubble of joy that we have. And if we don't get titles, we got one, so it, the rest of it is okay. Which is weird for a fan base, I think. I I, I
1: agree. There was there was um, I was I was actually talking uh, to a friend recently. Um, it was the it was the week of the the Minnesota game, and and, and he was asking me about. You know, how I felt about losing that playoff game like we did last year. And I said, honestly, I said, you know, it's fine. I, I don't, I don't, I, it doesn't really, it doesn't really stick in my craw the way that, that some really bad, terrible, unfortunate losses um, in the era prior to us winning a Super Bowl did. There is something to be so far. And I used to joke about this all the time that if, the, that, you know, once the Saints won the Super Bowl, I could die. I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I'm I'm I've I've this is it this is the apex it's never going to get any better than this for me um it's all good and so I I do think that there is something to that that there's you know everything everything that we're getting right now is lanya and especially because like you said it, it did really seem that it was over you know there were a couple of straight seven to nine seasons there were you know all these rumors that that maybe wouldn't we, we we wouldn't invest the money to resign resign Drew Brees and that it was time to move on and and then last year happened it was like oh holy shit this is like we yeah. we are still relevant and and like not only that but like have a leg, had a legit chance last year and seem to have another legit chance this year to win the Super Bowl it it seems totally up for grabs right now and
0: and. Not only that, and they ramped up the fun by about a thousand degrees with the Bonk yeah. Gang and Sean. Pay- Sean Payton is like this; he's like the anti-Belichick. He's like, do whatever you want to do as long as you play great and we win. Well, I you think- want to celebrate touchdowns, cool. I- Al Lamar, I- you want to do feature uh, with these magazines and say what you gotta say, go ahead. Cam Jordan, you want to be socially active and. Do what you want to do, great. And I think it makes it more fun. The thing is with this team is it's weird, Brett. I feel like as fan, and I fall into this category too. I got my one soup, I got the Super Bowl and I'm cool. I want another ring. I want it for Drew Brees because I want Drew Brees to be acknowledged as a great quarterback. I want him to be acknowledged as better than Aaron Rodgers because he's better than Aaron Rodgers in every statistical way, and he has a Super Bowl. I want him to be acknowledged as a top two or three quarterback, and the only way to get that is a Super Bowl. So I almost want it more for him than I want it for me, which is is weird as a fan to say, but I feel like the Saints fan base is there, and I think the Monday night against the Redskins – did something to us in that way or am I crazy for thinking that.
1: No, I, I, I agree. I feel the same way. I, I really truly want it for Drew more than I want it for myself. Like <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like he if he retires having won fewer Super Bowls than Eli Manning, it's going to <laughs> oh, no. it's gonna negatively affect, <laughs> you know, his perception going forward because let's face it, you know, history, football fans fifty years from now, um uh, to to have two Super Bowls under your belt is just such a much bigger thing than to have one. There are plenty of quarterbacks who who won one. Trent Dilfer won one, um, and it would it would help to set him apart and to you know firmly ensconch him in the conversation as one of the top three or five quarterbacks of, of all time. And I'll say this: I'd like to add on to your point about the Saints being fun. I think I think Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis right, deserve a lot of. Credit for that because they, I, I've, I've heard through friends who are close to the team that they really made an effort to get rid of the toxicity that existed in the organization. Toxic people, toxic dudes, were, you know, persona yeah. grata. And Sean himself, I don't know what exactly has happened in his life, but he, and if you watch him in his press conferences. And you follow, you know, the Saints very closely. You've probably seen it. Yeah. He, is, he is a much more loose, much more uh, jovial, much more—I I wouldn't say less serious, but I don't think he takes himself and the game as seriously. Like he really seems to be relishing the moment and having a lot of fun. And I think that rubs off on the team. They've gotten, like I said, they've gotten rid of guys who've been cancers in the locker room. And I think most of the guys. On the team, really do like each other, and I have friends, I'm friends with a lot of the local beat reporters. And you know, usually I would I'll hear stuff from them if there's guys in the locker room that are just assholes, and mm-hmm. I rarely ever hear it. And and as a matter of fact, a, a few of them have said, you know, there's really not any bad guys on that team. They're just they're all they're all a bunch of good guys. They're they're fun to talk to, um, and and they don't cause trouble. And you know, knock on wood, we 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 haven't had any. You know, knuckleheads that have done any dumb things like we've had in the past, and hopefully that continues. Because yeah, it's, and the, destroy a team.
0: To to make your point about Sean Payton, if you haven't watched it, he was on uh, an interview show with Graham Bessinger, who was. Um, does things for like AT&T Sports and that sort of thing. So it's not as it's not as it doesn't get as much out there as ESPN. But if you can find it on YouTube, it's so fascinating about Sean Payton talking about being out, coaching, being social issues. And he's just a guy, he just is comfortable. And the thing that's that's unique about him is he is I wouldn't say that he's super open with the media, but he's comfortable with them in a way that he's not adversarial with them, and if you ask him good questions, he will give you good interesting answers, whereas like a Belichick or another coach won't, where like Nick Underhill, I think he's the best beat writer the Saints have ever had. Like, he clearly asks smart questions and gets interesting things back from Peyton that I don't think other coaches would give him which makes the Saints interesting. But as far as this game Sunday, and this is going to sound like a strange question, but I feel like the LSU game as a season ticket holder for the Saints, Brett, the LSU game links to Saints game Saints fans' mood, which is strange. So I feel like the LSU game will affect the Saints' crowd in a good way or a bad way, Sunday. Do
1: you agree with that, maybe? I know. I, 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 think, I think there's – I mean, just – I can speak for myself personally. I'm going to be going to Baton Rouge to go to that game on Saturday. And if they get just – absolutely destroyed then I'm probably going to be a little bit demoralized maybe I'll wake up who knows maybe I'll wake up Sunday morning and I'll be able to put it in my rearview mirror and and just move on and focus on that Saints game but but like I do think there is there there is something to that I mean the a, a lot of the people that are going to be in the Superdome on Sunday are going to have participated in some way in the LSU game if they didn't go to the game they will have you know, watched it on television, maybe even had some people over to their house. There's also the factor of, you know, and this is also a very real thing. This is a really big LSU game and people are going to be getting out, um, you know, that are going to the game early on Saturday, going to be out in the sun all day, drinking. They're going to be, they're going to be up late at night. They're going to be hung over the next day. So that's, that's, (laughs) that's, that's like a really legitimate concern. I've even I, I was joking with friends, uh, a text chain that I have between friends that I'm going to the game with. We are talking about hydrating, about how we need to make sure we have. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's, we like, it's like, it, so we can it's be like you're playing,
0: yeah. Go,
1: so we can make sure that we're ready to go on Sunday. So, you know, it's, it's like the,
0: an, an NBA team playing back to back. It's like. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. And I, the, the Saints should only do this if LSU wins. If LSU wins, Gail Benson needs to put a call in. To the LSU band, and be like, "You need to be here for the three thirty kickoff."
1: At the very least, they need to play the fight song. Yes, to to, to get
0: like, the crowd that extra oomph, <laughs> um, to get us adrenaline going. Um, so I, I just like uh, this week. It is bananas. Like our traffic is through the roof. My column responses is through the roof. It's insane. But but Brett, before we before you get out of here. What are you working on at UpRocks or the New York Times or anything else that you would like to let us know about?
1: Man, I've got absolutely nothing to plug. Uh, I've <laughs> nothing, I mean, I, nothing that I'm writing anyway. Um, you know, uh, uh, check out uh, It's we're, we're, you know, an entertainment-focused site. TV, film, music, uh, some basketball and wrestling as well. Um, but I spend most of my days managing and editing other people, so I, I don't really have a lot of time and energy for other stuff. I've got a couple of projects that uh, – long-term projects I'm working on, but I've got like nothing coming out <laughs> of the ether any – No, know,
0: seriously there. though, Uproxx is – Uproxx for like TV reviews and movie reviews is like my – go-to stop is me, me and my wife we have a young child so we're like four or five years behind on television so <laughs> I can go into the archives and read all these things about these shows like we're just now finishing Breaking Bad we're terrible yeah, a but lot it's it's. A, I say I don't say that just because Brett's on it's a great site and it's great for television and movies especially for parents of young children if you just want if you're not up on pop culture and you want to go back and read stuff so it's, it's
1: you're, great you're not alone man I, I view all of our site metrics and you'd be well, maybe not surprised because you actually do it but but like it's kind of surprising to me how um how much traffic we get from people going in and reading archives of you know shows like Breaking Bad and stuff like that that you know went off the air five years ago because there's just so much there's so much out there uh these days that it's it's really hard for everyone to keep current on stuff and and you know also we have all the streaming services now so it's very easy for someone to say you know oh I'm you know if they're having a sick day or the weather's bad outside to just sit and kill eight hours straight watching. <laughs>
0: well, no, it's weird because me and my wife, we I read something um, on St. El- I forget who it was, but it was on St. Elsewhere, how it just got on Hulu all six seasons. And I was like, I didn't know anything about St. Elsewhere besides Denzel Washington was on it. And I read about it and I was like, this is a really cool TV show. We need to read it. So me and my wife were starting to watch that, which is... 35 years ago right oh, so it's yeah. just you can you could tv and you can find anything you want which is cool but uh guy thanks for, thanks for giving us time you're giving me more time than i asked for uh find him he's the cajun boy on the twitters uh brett thanks so much guy i appreciate it thanks man
1: let's uh let's keep our fingers crossed for this weekend go,
0: go tigers go saints
1: hopefully it's a memorable one